Again, continuing on with our journey through uh, the Epistle to the Romans, if we can recall the sort of sequence that St. Paul has brought us through. First, uh, we learned of the revelation of grace in general, and we learned also that that grace was merited for us uh, by the sacrifice of Christ. And then we learned a little bit about the subjective application of that grace to our individual lives through the virtue of faith. And um, yesterday we learned about original sin, how original sin is a deprivation of that grace, and that the only solution to the problem of original sin is the merits of Jesus Christ. And today we're going to learn about the intersection, or we're going to begin to talk about the intersection between grace and the moral life. And uh, there's a word here that I'm going to draw your attention to that's going to come up tomorrow, and so... Um, it's something that should be, you know, I'm not going to be preaching tomorrow, but when you guys hear the, the reading, let, you, let it, uh, you know, the concept ring in your mind. St. Paul says, Sin must not reign over your mortal bodies so that you obey their desires. The word here, desires, this is concupiscence, all right, in the, uh, the Latin, I think it's epithumia, but in any event, in the Latin tradition, that word has always been translated as and understood as concupiscence. And so concupiscence is, uh, it remains in us even after baptism. Uh, Our first parents, Adam and Eve, were not subject to concupiscence. All their internal faculties and powers were in perfect balance and harmony, uh, and ours are not. And so even after we're regenerated through baptism and given the gift of grace, concupiscence still remains within us and we have to struggle against it. And that's what St. Paul is talking about, is that struggle against concupiscence. Do not uh, give your the members of your body to that power, uh, because its its end is death. And that is, he's referring to mortal sin. So it's possible to lose that gift of grace uh, through, through severe sin, through serious sin or mortal sin. Uh, but I want to draw, you know, kind of focus here on this other aspect where uh, St. Paul says, you know, maybe on the optimistic or positive side of things, he says, uh, but thanks be to God that although you were once slaves of sin, slaves of concupiscence, you have become obedient from the heart to the pattern of teaching to which you were entrusted. You have become obedient from the heart to the pattern of teaching to which you were entrusted. And uh, this obedience that St. Paul is speaking about is the obedience of faith. As he speaks in the very first chapter of Romans, he talks extensively about the obedience of faith. So we have become obedient from the heart to the pattern of teaching to which we were entrusted. Now, it's important to note here that uh, faith is not um, this kind of vague feeling or emotion or some kind of sense of, you know, we're reaching towards some vague God out there. Faith has a very definite form. It's not amorphous. Paul speaks of a pattern of teaching. So there's actual doctrine. And that's what uh, the creed is all about. It's the specific things that we believe. There's a, there's a pattern of teaching or a form to our faith. And also note that we have been entrusted to it. So at our baptisms, we've been entrusted to the pattern of teaching. We've been entrusted to the creed. We have not constructed the creed of our own accord. 
We haven't gone into the Bible and kind of constructed our own version of Christianity. But rather, passively, we have been given over to it. It pre-existed us. And that's a beautiful, beautiful inheritance. And we can never compromise uh, the creed to which we have been entrusted at our baptism. And along with grace given to us through baptism is given that most precious virtue, the virtue of faith. Faith in those revealed truths that we profess with great pride and with great joy when we profess uh, the Nicene Creed every Sunday at Mass. And it is something that's interior. It's deep within our hearts. It's a gift that God gives to us. It resides in the innermost part of our being. And it renovates us. It renews us from the inside out. It makes us new. And it gives us the power to overcome uh, concupiscence and to live a life of holiness through faith.